We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 491, Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for locking in, whether you're listening audio, whether you're checking us out on YouTube. Glad to have you here. It is Tuesday. If you're watching this on YouTube, the future is so bright for my man, my guest, <laughs> Joe Yurden, that, you know, there's the Bills, the Sabres, Joe Yurden, you got to wear shades. Yeah. What's going on, Joe Yurden? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, yeah, I look like a complete psych. I hope everybody will go to the YouTube and look at it just so you can see, like, what, what kind of jackass I look like with sunglasses <laughs> on. Like, I, like, I, like I'm, I look like I'm, like, getting ready for the, uh, the you know, World Series of Poker or some shit. <laughs> I'm not. I like it, man. I'll good. tell you that much. I'm a horrible <laughs> poker player, but yeah. You know, I should probably start pushing the YouTube side a little bit. You know, you ever watch these other shows and everyone's always constantly interrupting the show to say, make sure you like, you subscribe. Yeah. I never do that shit, man. It's kind of You got to do that at the end. You got to be like, smash that like button. Hit that, (laughs) crush that subscribe. So if you've been listening and watching the show for quite a while, but you haven't over the last couple of weeks or so, Joe's been doing Friday episodes with me for a long time now, more than a year. But because of schedules, and again, we've talked about this. We just concluded that it would be easier to have Joe on Tuesdays because Monday's just a little more open for both of us, you know, and especially, like I said, with me, I was kind of making it difficult for Joe's life hard on Thursdays because I had very small windows of which I could record or it would be really late at night. So mm-hmm. this just works out better. So Joe's going to be doing Tuesday shows with me. Aaron Quinn's going to be doing Friday shows with me. We'll be having plenty of Wednesday episodes where I'll have rotating guests, different guests each week, and we'll talk about uh, a variety of stuff. So we're going to talk Bills. I mean, obviously a lot to talk about. A big win on Sunday, a blowout win over Pittsburgh. We're going to talk some Buffalo Sabres. We're on the cusp of the regular season starting. In fact, we're dropping this Tuesday, so just two days from now, the Sabres open up their season. And I think there's much more excitement about the opening of this season than there has been in recent years. We'll talk about that as well. But before that, Joe, I, I told you this before we started taping. I kind of want to not necessarily indulge myself a little bit, but I did want to spend a couple minutes talking about a benefit that I was part of a crew. I didn't put on the benefit. It was a team that put a benefit on for um, one of my best friends, Ryan. He has stage four colon cancer, which is now spread to his liver. Unfortunately, he's uh, just 44 years old, a South Buffalo border raised kid, man. He's lived in Buffalo most of his life. He moved to Florida um, lived in the same complex where I lived at. He moved there a couple of years ago. Obviously he's always back, but um. 
anyway, we found out the news and one of our first thoughts was to uh, put together a benefit for him. So we did that this Saturday in Lackawanna and I just, there's a funny story. The reason why I'm part of the reason I'm telling you this is because there's a funny story. And again, if you happen to be watching this on YouTube or if you're not and you're listening on the audio version, make sure you check out the YouTube version because I got a couple pictures um, that I'm going to share on the, on the screen in just a minute, kind of poking fun at myself a little bit. So there's a funny story in all this as well, but on the serious side, I wanted to just, uh, I wanted to take a couple of minutes. Look, I don't know if you've ever been involved before and in, in, even if it's just a small part of being a part of a team that puts a benefit on for somebody, whether again, whether somebody's sick or anything like that, you, you just always have, no matter how much you think you got everything in order, no matter how much you're prepared, no matter how much you think you've done, you always have anxiety right before it because you're just hoping mm -hmm. to God that, that, you know, enough people show up that it's fun and that it more importantly, that it serves its purpose and that it's successful. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, man, we put on this benefit and a lot of people worked really hard to, to get everything in order. And uh, Saturday, it was just, it was a rousing success, man. Uh, the crowd was great. I want to make sure that, I thank a couple of people who are really instrumental in doing this. Some, a couple of Buffalo businesses, one of them, first and foremost, Imperial pizza. We went to a couple different places. We were looking for, you know, in today's economy wings are just outrageously pricey. You know, this joke, yeah. <laughs> you like oh, wings, just oh, out of the, <laughs> right out of the question. So we were just, you know, we're looking for pizza and we're thinking about going to some different pizza places. I, I gotta be honest with you, man. I, I talked to Imperial and I, I told them, about what was going on about, you know, the, the young man who's, who has cancer yeah. that he's from South Buffalo Imperial, of course, is in South Buffalo and that he's a big fan of Imperial always has been no questions asked. They donated like 10 party pizzas to the benefit. And then during the benefit, we started running low on food, called them up, bam, within an hour, less than an hour, five more party pizzas, talking like 450, $500 worth of free food. Wow that Imperial pizza gave up for this. And I, I think it's important to recognize places like that because, you know, a lot of these businesses around the community, they're successful, but they don't always give back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And mm -hmm. again, not really pretty much no questions asked. And uh, they really came through and, and they were clutch. So I want to, I want to make sure that they get shout outs, but in terms of the fun part, like the donations. So, you know, you get friends and they're talking to people, and they'll go out and they'll try to hustle some donations. And you expect a certain amount, dude, <laughs> so blown away. By the time the benefit happened, we had 96 Chinese auction items. Wow. And we had like 25 big ticket items. And again, another company to thank, or actually an organization, the Buffalo Sabres. My wife, who really hustled, man, she was, she was contacting businesses every day. She reached out to the Sabres, and they were kind enough to um, donate an autographed Craig Anderson hockey stick. Oh, that's super. So, yeah, really cool, the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, we had people, uh, a good friend of mine donated a signed Josh Allen jersey. That's And I, we looked it up on eBay. A signed Josh Allen jersey, pretty much any kind of jersey, is a $450 jersey right there. Um, we, like I said, the Craig Adder, we had a Greg Rizzo autographed jersey, a Magic Johnson autographed jersey, mm -hmm. Stephon Diggs helmet. And these were all things that either people donated on their own or small businesses in Buffalo donated for the benefit. It was just... Uh, it was, it was amazing to see, man. It, was, it just felt good, you know, and we raised yeah. a lot of money for him. And more importantly than that, he was able to fly in for the event from Florida. So he's up here for the week. 
You got oh, to see it yeah. firsthand. And beyond the money, it just lifts your spirits. You know what I'm saying, Joe? It's uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, no, go ahead. Sorry. I'm, no, I was yeah. just gonna say it's just it's such a beautiful day, and I'm having a difficult time right now, which is funny because I never stop fucking talking, but I'm having trouble finding the words to, to explain the gratitude that I have towards the team of people who, again, they work their asses off behind the scenes, writing down every little tag and every little thing in order to mm -hmm. the people who donated anything, big baskets, small baskets, the people who bought tickets who couldn't come to the people who bought tickets and did come and, and spent money on raffles and had a great time, you know, and, um, places like Imperial pizza who, who provided the food for everybody. It was just, uh, it was amazing to see, which kind of leads to the funny part. So on Twitter, I put out one thing about the event. I didn't want to push it down anybody's throats who doesn't know Rye Bread already. Like on Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, about a month or so ago, they started to go fund me. And I really pushed that hard on Twitter. And I used up, including you, all my media buddies. I asked you guys all retweet it. Oh, yeah. And ended up raising like almost $2,000 on GoFundMe. Just one night for that. I didn't want to go back to that well with Twitter. But I did put up like this graphic one time. And uh, a couple of people reached out. Um, one of them... Uh, a guy named Jeff came in, by the way, I got to give props to this. So this is what I'm talking about with people with Buffalo. You've been in Buffalo now. You're, you're not born and raised in Buffalo, but you've been mm -hmm. in Buffalo. How long have you been in Buffalo for now again? Uh, this is year nine. Year Go nine. So you, yeah. You're a Buffalonian. Okay. You might not have been born and raised here, but you are a Buffalonian. You've been here for almost a decade. You know how this town works. Mm -hmm. People, you know, they grow up hard at times. You, 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 just life happens. Sometimes you move away. But what I love about this city so damn much is when push comes to shove and, you know, things are on the line, the city just steps up. You see it all the time with Bill's Mafia when they raise money for different charities. Oh, yeah. But you see also in everyday life, something's got nothing to do with football or Bill's Mafia, just Buffalonians, people mm -hmm. in general, man. You just you, you take care of your own in Buffalo. You come together and it's just it's beautiful to see whether it's close friends, family, and, and in this case, literally perfect strangers because. I got a couple of DMs after I put something out on Twitter. Uh, one guy, I met him in East Aurora last Friday, the day before the event. His name was Jeff Kamian. Didn't have to do this. Never heard of the guy in my life. Donated six bottles of wine that were valued at like over $400. These were like nice bottles of wine. Expensive, fancy wine. He, he hooked me up, man. So I go out there. I take care of, uh, or he takes care of us. With It was a great prize. It drew a lot of money. But <laughs> this one specific guy, his name's Jim Holberg. He, he sent a note, a DM saying he was a fan of the podcast and he wanted to donate a hundred dollars. That's awesome. I made the mistake of telling a couple of people, showing a couple of people involved with the benefit of my friends, the DM talking about being a fan of the podcast. Well, they made it into a joke. So the night of the benefit on Saturday, they took an eight by 10 photo of myself that they stole off my Facebook, printed it out, mm -hmm. um, put a hundred grand candy bar attached to it. With, a, with his $100. So they took his $100 donation. Instead of just throwing it into the pot, they said, mm -hmm. let's make something fun with it. And they made that as one of the Chinese auction prizes. So it was an 8 by 10 autograph. They made me sign it as a joke. An <laughs> 8 by 10 autograph photo of myself along with $100 cash. It literally, and I'm not lying, Joe, it literally was one of the most popular prizes <laughs> of the entire night. And to make matters worse, one of my buddies took a, um, a black marker and, and he covered my face with a mustache. Made me look like Hitler. Yeah. I'm going to put it up there right now. So if you're watching this on YouTube. Oh, man. This is the picture. Okay. So it's an 8 by 10 You can't see the autograph because it's in black marker. So uh, you don't see it. But they made me sign it. And uh, again, my buddy took a Sharpie and uh, 
covering my mustache or made a mustache. Anyway, yeah. the, the thing was like the bucket was full almost with people trying to win, obviously for the hundred yeah. bucks, but also people just, you know, having fun mm -hmm. with it. Um, my cousin, well, he, essentially he's my cousin. He's not my blood cousin, but he's like my cousin. His yeah. brother, Chris won it. And, uh, he, he put a picture on social media, like I said, he, he, <laughs> the smile on his face. Um, matching mustache too. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. And I'm telling you, people were coming up to me all night saying, I want to win that. My uncle Desi, I got to throw a shout out to him. He bought $20. He bought the strips of Chinese auctions. Mm -hmm. He didn't walk around. He literally took the entire thing and put it into the bucket just because he wanted that. Forget about that. It wasn't about the hundred bucks. It was about the photo and they kind of make right. fun of me, treating me like I'm some kind of <laughs> fake celebrity. But anyway, his face when he won that and taking that picture was really funny. And he told me he was going to go and hang it up on his bar. And he wasn't lying oh, because like literally, <laughs> literally the next morning, there's an eight by 10 picture of me with a colored in mustache on the bar. So anyway, it was, it was a fun benefit. We raised a lot of money. People really stepped up. People stepped up. Businesses stepped up. Had some fun with it. Kind of poked fun at myself a little bit. It was a, mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun, Joe. It really yeah. was, man. Yeah. The, uh, have you ever thought about being Gomez Adams for Halloween? Because that's that, <laughs> that, a pretty good idea of what that would look like. Uh, I, 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 I'm happy. It's really cool to hear the Sabres, uh, provided a, a signed Craig Anderson stick because yes. cancer issues is, is a very personal thing for him because his wife, Nicole had, uh, was, had to deal with cancer. Uh, she was, uh, like she's cancer free now, but like she had to it was pretty rough going there for a bit. So, uh, so it's that, I know that's something that's, that's pretty close to, to, uh, to Craig's, you know, Craig's heart on when it comes to that. So the yeah. fact that he donated a, an autograph stick, uh, to, to, you know, to, you know, for people to win and you know, donate money. That's awesome. It really was, man. And I give, I give the Buffalo Sabres a lot of credit. I get, I give a lot of these businesses a lot of credit and people, I had people, they were even this little simple baskets calling me, come pick it up. People were bringing stuff to my house, literally the day of the event. It just, it was really heartfelt and, and heartwarming to, uh, you know, just to see the community come together for somebody like that. And, you know, mm -hmm. cancer affects everybody in some way. And nobody knows this more than you do. You know, you well, I mean, so, we've all, I think if somebody has been able to go through their life and not have cancer affected in some way, either directly or indirectly, that's, that, that's pretty shocking. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Know it, know it a little too well. Yeah. And, and again, it's not even just the money, which again, the money that was raised was significant, but it also, mm -hmm. he was able to be there and, and just the smile on his face and the hug people. And so take so many pictures and, you know, he was like, a, he was a celebrity that night. Everybody wanted a picture with him. It was just, nice. uh, it was awesome to see. I'm just blabbing now because I'm just really proud right now to be a Buffalo guy, man. And I've been on this show many times and you and I talk about Buffalo and Florida. And sometimes I kind of wish I was still in Florida. This ain't one of them though, man. It's just, uh, it's just awesome. I'm, I'm almost speechless when it comes to, uh, the generosity of people when, when it matters. So anyway, <laughs> turning gears is no real segue there. Um, well, I mean, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. We'll we'll start there. Yeah. 38 to 3. I was I don't like asking you if you were worried because then it that suggests that Joe Yernan is a fan of the Buffalo Bills. So we'll do our weekly um our weekly preface by saying Joe is a Bills watcher. He, Joe, Joe's not a Bills fan. So to ask if you were worried about the game, of course you weren't worried. Well, right. It doesn't affect me, but uh I was a little bit coming into this game. The Pittsburgh Steelers have historically Played the Bills, even in recent years, pretty damned up. The Bills lost last year to the Steelers in the home opener. Mm. 
I didn't expect Pittsburgh to win the game, but I expected it to be a closer game. And obviously it was not. The Bills are five and one, 38 to three. I mean, it was extremely one-sided. Sometimes a score doesn't do a game justice. A couple bad plays even make it get out of hand, but the Bills dominated this game. Yeah. Um, you know, Dawson Knox out, Isaiah McKenzie on the offense out, Jordan Poyer out, Tremaine Edmonds out, Trey White, of course, has been out. It didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. The talent, let's start here, Joe. The talent right now and the depth on the Buffalo Bills, it's pretty incredible. I mean, this is a very deep team, and we can mm-hmm. talk about a lot of different players, but just from 1 to 53, this is just a damn, it really is a good roster, man. And, and you really yeah. saw it on Sunday. This was a dominant game. Yeah, they uh to me the the last couple of games, even the Miami game where it was a little, you know, that that's a I mean, that's a game they handed to Miami. Sure. Let's let's, let's be real about that. That that wasn't one where Miami hulked up and, and beat them. Like that was Bills making mistakes and giving it to them. But um but the but the depth that they've shown in in, in these games to show that, yeah, you know, hey, listen, we're missing some key guys, but we can still we can still persevere. Now the Steelers, listen. Uh, the fact that they have any wins this year is shocking to me. Like that's that's a staggering that's a staggering thing to me that they've got that they've won any games because uh, I I said I said I was even saying this last year about Mitch Trubisky. I'm like, dude, ain't good. And then right. sure enough, he lost the job already to to Kenny Pickett. And like Kenny Pickett might be something, yeah. But for like a rookie making his first start on the road in Buffalo against one of the best teams in the NFL, good freaking luck, man. Like I had a problem with that from before the game. I said that on two. When it was announced Pickett was going to be the starter, my first thought was, you really want to do that? Is this yeah. the environment that you, now, again, look, rookie or not, you got to be you know mentally you strong play. and bounce back. And you can look at it from, all right, well, it ain't going to get much worse than this. Mm-hmm. So I get that point. But I don't know, man, having your first start, in Buffalo against against the Bills, especially when your starting quarterback literally spent the last season with them mm-hmm. and might know this team a little bit. I was uh I was pretty surprised about this as a fan. Now, again, when this microphone is turned on and me and you are are taping, I at least attempt for the most part to not be a homer or be too right. much of a fan. But look, no wise. When I'm watching the game, I got my Bills gear on from head to toe. Right. I'm drinking some beers. I'm I'm rooting for the Buffalo Bills. I'm as big of a fan as anybody. Wait, how much Zubaz do you own? I don't own any Zubaz. Okay, all right. Just, I just needed to know. Like, I own zero. I don't. <laughs> a lot of people. So I had people in my house, including the the guy Ryan, who we do the benefit for. Yep. He was he came to my house and a, and a group nice. of friends came over. So it was fun, man. We had a good day. But yeah, my point was there were some Zubas in my house, not on my body though. <laughs> but, but, anyway. So just as a Buffalo fan, you always get anxiety. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You and I have talked about this many times on the show. Bill Sabres, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop where, all right, maybe this team ain't as good as people think they are. You know, you're worried about that. Yeah. Well, at least most fans are anyway. I am for sure. There's yeah. just this season though, this team right now, there's a calming feeling when it comes to the, like these 2022 Buffalo Bills, especially this game. Cause it's like, look, the score, it was a blowout, but the Bills kind of, it was a lot of sloppiness. It was some mistakes. Like Josh Allen threw some, he threw some, okay, at least a handful of pretty shitty passes. I mean, he had Stephon Diggs wide open for a touchdown. He, he missed him. Um, Shakir dropped the ball. Uh, Tyrone Jones dropped the opening kickoff. There were, there were, again, Josh had a couple passes batted down. My point was, it felt like the Bills should be blowing them out sooner than they did. 
you know, the Bills were kind of squandering a couple opportunities early on before the offense really got going, minus a couple big plays. But my point was this. I never got, there was no anxiety on Sunday, no nervousness at all. Mm-hmm. I always felt it was a matter of time. And that's kind of the difference with this team compared to, to years past. I just, I'm not nervous about this team right now. Now, again, to be fair, to your point, they're playing the Steelers. And- <laughs> they should, Pat, they should have been up 56 to three at the half. Okay. Like that. I know that's how stupid that game was. They should have been, they should have been up by twice as much as they were up by like that. Steelers are net, like from moment one, they were not in that game. And the only thing that they were able to do was to pick on Kyrie Elam, uh, yeah. you know, all game long, but what did it get them? The, cool. You got a field goal. Congrats. Yeah. You know, like it didn't, like, it's rough for Elam, but like that's a nice lesson for him to learn. I agree. You know, like have your worst game against a terrible team that you blew out. Cool. I agree. Like, you know, learn from it like that. But like, honestly, it should have been 50. Like, it should have been 50 or 60 at half would not have been out of the question the way they were playing. Like, right. Steelers defense didn't do like watching, watching their defense try to like track down, you know, Zach Moss or any like even like, you know, dump off passes or whatever. And these guys are like five steps behind every play like they couldn't read anything they couldn't do any like they weren't in the right spots for anything it was just horrible and then they're man, the Steelers often Matt can't Matt, the fact that Matt Canada has a job as as an OC at all is shocking because that dude's playbook is out of 1950 <laughs> where first and second downer runs no matter what then he's like well, well we got third and 19 now well we've got a throw congrats well good work buddy like you don't like Najee Harris is a good back but giving him the ball like all the time and it's very predictable. No, like I know I you got to run, run a guy because you're, I mean, you got a rookie quarterback, so you got to try to save him a bit, but be less predictable. You it's know? funny. You're right. And by the way, I actually, I kind of like, I like, I see potential of Kenny Pickett. I thought he yeah. played a tough game. You mm-hmm. know, he got hit a lot. Oh yeah. Um, He was forced into a lot of bad situations. Of course, he's playing from behind the entire game as well. I, I wouldn't say he had a good game, but I, I would say he had a gutsy game. A oh, tough yeah. game. If I'm mm-hmm. a Pittsburgh fan, I'm willing to roll with this guy for a while. Like, all right, let's see what he's got. I, I seen enough in him against the Bills, again, who are a very good football team that I don't feel terrible about Kenny Pickett as the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's just, I, 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 you just see the difference. You watch games now, and whether it's Kenny Pickett or all but maybe two or three quarterbacks in the NFL, and it's just a night and day difference between whoever that quarterback is and Josh Allen. I mean, you look at the guy t- on Sunday and Jesus, Joe, I mean, he didn't even, there were times, again, I talked about a, a missed throw to Diggs. I talked about a couple passes that got batted down that shouldn't have been. Like, there were a you, co- at least. You, are you nitpicking at that point? <laughs> I, I absolutely am. Nit- <laughs> of course I'm nitpicking. The win was a factor too. I'm not making an excuse, but it, it was at least a little bit of a factor for, for Josh, maybe anyway. Mm-hmm. But here's my point. Say what you will. At the end of the day, he had like 348 yards before he went in the locker room at halftime. I think he had all mm-hmm. four of his touchdowns in the first half too. Yep. I, mm-hmm. I think he did anyway. Um, it's just a dominant, I mean, an utterly dominant quarterback. I, I think we're getting to the point right now where you might disagree, but you won't say I'm crazy if I were to tell you I think Josh Allen's the best player in the NFL at this point. No, you, you, you might not agree, but I don't think you're right. gonna I'm not that's not outlandish, right? You can't you, no, you you can't sit there and go like come on, man. Play, uh, psh, psh, psh. Yeah. You're, you're not gonna get that reaction from anybody except you know. Maybe maybe Kansas City, but like that's the that's like one of the few places that that, that you would get that reaction. But that's a, that's a whole different that's a whole different thing. But 
it, it your perspective on this and this is it's the same perspective of a lot of bills fans where they're just kind of like you're always going to you're, everybody's always going to go to bat for their guy mm-hmm. right like you're just always you know, like he's our guy we love him he's great we back him like okay that that's cool Bills fans don't have to like run out and get, scream in everybody's face like Josh Allen's really good. He's awesome. Like you don't have to do that, man. Like he's in Gillette commercials. He's doing all sorts of shit. He's everywhere. Like he's 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 the good. Like he's he's legitimately nationally good and likable and the whole thing. Like you don't have to go scream in people's faces and be like he's good. I told you he's good. <laughs> Everybody fucking knows now, man. Like it's right. it's such a and you know it's 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 wild that and i listen i i get it it's a lot of like old fan ptsd from just you know it's like oh we drafted ej manuel he might be really good wow i love ej he's good and he's throwing him into the you know the, the, the hospitality tents yep the hospitality <laughs> i couldn't get the word right but like he's doing that or you yeah know, i know he's what you throwing mean. up interceptions every game and you're just like no he's got a good arm he did good in college like, you don't have to do that stuff with alan like you know, if anything, he was average in college, you know, it just he had the tools and then he had the then he had the the will to improve himself. And now he's I don't know, it's it's like each week there's like a new twist on like what he can do. And it's like, it's like, wow, man, this guy really this guy really went and he, he like took care of himself to make sure he could do this. It's, there's it, very there's it's very incredible people. to watch him do it because, yeah. you know, listen, I I'm right out front. I'll say it, it was not a believer when they made the pick back then. I it's fine. I wanted Josh Rosen. I I'm not afraid to admit it. Yeah, I'm I, I, glad I was wrong. I mean, I, I like the people trying to like, you know, change history and say like, I can't believe people actually thought this. It's like, well, listen, let's let's not try to rewrite history here. Let's just be proud of a guy like imp- like saying, yeah, no, like I know I have flaws. Let me let me work on this stuff and then like go to like go to town on fixing it. It's 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 an awesome story. It's it's it really is because I don't think anybody would have thought he was going to be in a spot to be, you know, arguably the best quarterback in the league, best quarter, you know, best player in the league. I don't think anybody was thinking that stuff, but it's awesome. It's, it's, it's really cool to see a guy just like take it and run with it. Like he has, you know, almost literally, but you know, like just taking all the talents that he had and like focusing it instead of, you know, maybe having it go sideways someplace. It's like, instead he's just, he's just been awesome. Very few quarterbacks ever in football, I think, have ever had a bigger development from year one to where they're at now mm-hmm. than Josh Allen. You know, guys come in the league and they're really good right away. Josh mm-hmm. Allen was not really good right away. There were a lot of people who thought that Josh Rosen should have been the pick for the Bills. Mm-hmm. And at, at the time, that sounded very fair and reasonable. But his arc has been unlike many other quarterbacks that we've ever seen. And now he's so good. It's to the point where you see other quarterbacks come in and they struggle early on, like say Justin Fields, you'll throw out his stats, you know, his stats after 20 games, oh, Josh Allen only did this. Josh Allen's an outlier, you know, he's the yeah. exception. He's definitely uh, not the norm. And you can not look every at... every quarterback is going to do the stuff that he's done sure. to improve himself. You exactly. Know? Like that's, that's, exactly. A, that's an off-season workout routine or, you know, study, all of it. It's all of it. Yeah. Not every guy gonna, is going to go and do that to, to better themselves or have a situation where, uh, your man, the management and the coaching is going to be like, no, 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 we need, like, let's make this work for him instead of like trying to take a guy and his talents and jam it into whatever they feel is the thing to do. And it's not the right, it's not the right thing for what they have. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you whether he's throwing a 98 yard pass to Gabe Davis for a touchdown, which that was, that was fun. Or he's reading a blitz 
seeing a guy coming in, waiting to the last second and taking off and running for 18 yards for a first down. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks just can't do both of them. So I'm going to do one and, or the other, but he just does them both. And he, and again, he, at this point, he's, a, he's just on a different level right now. I saw a stat on ESPN. I'm going to put it up here if you're watching on YouTube, which by the way, subscribe. The, the most passing, and, and I didn't know this until I just saw this today. Most passing and rushing touchdowns combined in the first five seasons to begin your NFL career. Dan Marino was number one with 171. Cam Noonan, 160. Pat Mahomes, 159. And Josh Allen is at 150 right now. Here's the thing, Joe. Josh Allen still got 12 more games left this season. So even if he just accounts for an average of two touchdowns per game, which he's almost, if he's healthy, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. He's going to have more passing and rushing touchdowns in the first five uh, seasons of an NFL career than any quarterback who's ever played in the history of the entire NFL. James Cook scored a second half touchdown on the ground on Sunday. That was the first offensive touchdown the Bills have scored this entire season that Josh Allen was not a part of. I didn't know how historically good his numbers were looking compared to others until I saw that graphic on ESPN. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, man. He, He literally is on the verge of becoming the best of all time in his first five years. It's uh there that list is fascinating well, for a couple of reasons. The uh, the Marino, Marino being first is is wild because what like 170 of those were were touchdown passes probably. probably. Well, you get those half you inch know? runs, well, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure they were almost all touchdown. Okay, like, Marino wasn't exactly uh captain mobility. No, no. Um, but Newton, Cam Newton is is kind of the guy where he's the he's he's the warning signal for me for how much the bills use that rely on Allen to do all of their offense, because that was the amount that Carolina used Newton, where it was throwing the ball and running the ball and doing all, like, all that stuff. It's kind of where they are with Allen. And, you know, we know how Newton, you know, things that went with Newton. I mean, granted, he, he got targeted in the head a couple of times and, mm-hmm. you know, that really, that really, you know, threw his, uh, threw his career off to the side. But, um, but to me, Having like what is it like eighty to eighty five percent of your offense be from Allen throwing or running? You need some contributors. That's why like people get annoyed with you know McDermott saying like, well, we got to get a run game going. It's like, well, yeah, no, you do. Like they do. You do. Not, like, you need to make doing sure a good that job, Allen man. isn't the guy doing all the running. Like you, you just. I mean, it. It's awesome. He can do it. It's great that he can do it. But. But football is a messed up game and dumb shit happens. And, you know, I, I, I can't say you got, you got to call plays scared, but also you got to be, you got to be cognizant that, all, you know, putting your quarterback at risk more often than not is not really the best way to, to do it. 100%. I don't know if you remember every play from the game, but the Bills, it was the only, in fairness to them, I think this might be the first time I've seen this call this season, certainly in the last couple of weeks, but. There were one. Well, there was one play where Josh Allen took a snap, mm-hmm. and it was a design run, yep. a power run to the left, and uh, the defensive tackle Casey Hayward gave him a pretty good lick. I don't like that shit. I like Josh running when he's in the pocket, he sees the field, and then he takes off. I'm good with that. I don't like these design rollout runs to him. You're just begging him to take a hit. That mm-hmm. I don't like. And it, again, in fairness, they they've gotten away from that this year, but that happened on Sunday, and I really don't oh, want to see a lot of that, man. That that's <laughs> Calling no. quarterback off tackle for a run is a very weird call to me. It is. Like, you know, like I, I know power, power left quarter, you know, QB, QB run. Like, I don't know, man, like 
give it to literally anybody else. Give, yeah. it, give it to Moss. Give it to give it to any of these other guys. Just be like, dude, just figure it out. Like if the running back can't get those yards, get new running backs. It's because they don't. Uh, that that was my point. They I don't think they they don't trust this running game. Singletary did a couple nice things on Sunday. Of course, James Cook had his first big plays of Buffalo Billy had a nice 33-yard touchdown run, which, by the way, it was just one play, and it was in a blowout in the mm-hmm. second half. But I really liked the way he made one cut, and then, bam, he, sh- he showed that gear. He's got a gear. Devin Singletary is a more polished running back, but James Cook has a gear that Devin Singletary doesn't have. And for the first time mm-hmm. in the NFL, at least anyway, we, we saw that with James Cook, which hopefully maybe that'll be uh, the start of this staff having a little more confidence in him because. Over the first month of the year, it was like you make one mistake, and then it's like I'll see you next week because hang on, you're not the ball, t- man. right? Yeah, you're not going to touch the football. Passes, can't drop. Agreed, the ball. agreed. But I also, you know, I I don't think he should. He he's probably playing. He was probably playing a little tight, a little scared. You know that. Hey, if I make one mistake, this is going to be it. So maybe this will generate some confidence. But yeah, if there's one area about the offense anyway that it's a little mm-hmm. bit worrisome is that they still can't consistently run the ball. But now. I, let me ask you this because I noticed that um, this week with the Jets somehow putting 40 on Miami, but Brees Hall was a guy that I think everybody in, on Bill's Twitter was like, they got to draft Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. Didn't. And now he's the Jets and he had a big week. And it's yeah. like, you know, you're not paying it. Like Bill's fans should not be paying attention to the Jets. Don't even pay attention to the Dolphins. All these other teams are worthless. The Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, it stink. They all it's- stink. It's funny that you say that, and I'm glad you did because I had a couple. I know two of them won this week. I'm very well aware of one of them. <laughs> I had a couple of friends in my house just on Sunday ask me quite literally because of Brees Hall had a big game, and you know people are mm-hmm. watching fantasy football purposes or whatever. Plus, it's Miami losing, so you're kind of into that game. Mm-hmm. They were like, "If you could do it now, you could go back. Would you take Brees Hall instead of Elam?" Because that's what the Bills did. They passed on mm-hmm. Brees Hall and they drafted Kyrie Elam with the with the first round pick. My answer would be this. Yes, but only because I didn't know that Christian Benford in the sixth round was going to have be as good starter, of a... Right. He, would, he literally overtook Elam on the depth chart, and he was the starter. So if you could have told me that Benford as a six-round pick was going to end up being a even a temporary starter, because Trey White hopefully is going to be back soon. Right. But anyway, if you would have told me that, then yes, absolutely. Because, man, I lo- I've watched the Jets play. I really like Reese Hall a lot. And you look at the Bills right now, and if you say there's one thing on offense that they're lacking, is a Brees Hall. Yeah, He's James Cook, but better. Uh, Right. He's James uh, Cook, and he can run the ball better and catch the ball better. See, the the thing with the Bills is that like any any sort of thing where you're just kind of like, I don't know about this, it's all nitpicky because, again, they're they're very, very, very good. But (laughs) when when you start thinking about playoffs, and you can, it's okay, Bills fans. You can think about playoffs. <laughs> like, there's sure. no worries there. But when you're playing against these better teams, because it's you know you're not going to have any loser loser squads in the playoffs. It's just not how it works. But um, but that red zone offense, I don't know what it is when they get inside the twenty, but they turn stupid with the play calling. Or, they did it Sunday too, right? That's why they didn't put sixty up in the first half. No. But I mean. I don't I don't get what the problem is. I don't understand. Like, I mean, you got all these guys that can catch the ball. You got, you know, you got backs that can catch it out of the backfield. You got out, you know, Allen can run. Seems like he doesn't always want to run it down in that area. And I don't know if it's just because it's a little bit more packed with the defenders or what. Like, there's there's not enough of that free space to, you know, to get loose. But I don't know what it I don't know what it is that 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 causes them to like just not 
fire the same way. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're the, they're the team where their red zone needs to be like the 35 and in because they get the longer longer routes for for passes and like opens up the field to throw. But that's one area where the where a lack of a running game to yeah make defenses kind of you know not not just press at the line and and you know smash cover all these guys. That's one area where if you go from being multi-dimensional to being kind of one dimension, not one dimensional, but like you lose a lot of your, you're losing a lot of your options when you don't have like those backs that you know you can count on. The Bills have had back-to-back weeks and it hasn't hurt them because they won both games, but they've had first a goal inside like the two and two drives they didn't score anything on. Quentin Morris fumbled right before the end zone last weekend against Baltimore. They didn't score. Zach Moss got stuffed. I don't remember what happened. I just know they didn't score. Yeah, the, the Miami the Miami game was well, that oh, was brutal. That was brutal inside. Yeah, but I, I, know, I, I mean, again, it's this is all nitpicky stuff for the Bills. Like, I don't, I don't get. Well, it's nitpicky now because they're just rolling teams. But it might not be nitpicky next week or against Green Bay or in the playoffs. You're gonna have to. That might be the difference. Settling for three or taking and getting seven might be the difference in a game. I don't understand if there's one thing about this offense too when they're short yardage, especially if they're at the one. Why Josh Allen? Jalen Hurts has six rushing touchdowns for the Eagles. I think four of those are goal line from the one yard line, just pulling into the uh into the end zone. I, I don't know if the Bills just have no confidence in the guards in the center to to hold the block. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah being it's, it's the same thing with the the hard count shit on you know mm. third and one, fourth and one plays where they're just trying to draw guys off. It's like yeah, you're the best offense in the. I, I know I've said this on here before, and I I scream about it all the time. You have the best offense in the NFL. If you got a hard count, guys, if you need an EJ manual, you know, offensive play to get you a first down. Uh, oh man, like no, throw that shit out of the playbook. I know, like, hey, great, okay, you faked the guy out, cool, awesome. But I don't know, run it from a like, get a yard, get one yard. Like you get, you get at seven hundred yards a game, get one yard in one situation, please, once. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'm back with Joe Yurden. We're talking about Maintenance Day podcast, by the way, when we get to uh, the Sabres. So yeah, we're being a little bit nitpicky here because it, it, again, you have to be, otherwise you're not really going to find valid criticisms right. of the Buffalo Bills for the most part so far through five games now. Um, the receivers, look, Gabe Davis being back is a game changer. I mean, he, he played the last couple of weeks, but look, nobody's been a bigger Gabe Davis guy than me, but you could just tell he won right. And I think it was more than just physical. I think the ankle was causing him to maybe overthink things mentally. He was dropping passes. He yeah. just, he couldn't get open. He, he was not the Gabe Davis we know mm-hmm. against uh, Miami and, and against Baltimore. But that changed on Sunday, literally changed in a big sure. way. A 98-yard touchdown catch, a 62-yard touchdown catch. When he's in the lineup, when he's not in the lineup or when he's not right, the Bills for the last couple of weeks have been uh, a lot of like kind of dinking and dunking, methodically going down the field, West Coast style. When he's in the lineup, you literally on defense, and I'm not exaggerating, you got to defend every single blade of grass because mm-hmm. he'll get deep. And obviously they got other guys who'll get deep too, but you know, you can't key on digs, which of course, so Gabe Davis has three catches, 171 yards, two touchdowns. And, and Stefan Diggs just, you know, he keeps, he keeps getting his. Because mm-hmm. again, you're going to pay for it. If you double team him too much, you're going to pay for it. When right. Gabe Davis is healthy, uh, Stefan Diggs, eight catches, 102 yards and a touchdown. It's almost like ho-hum with him at this point. Yeah. Five games in, he's got 39 catches, 508 yards, and five touchdowns. Man, this this receiving duel, maybe they're not. I don't want to get in that hole, you know, they're best in the NFL, whatever. They're up there, though. Yeah. And, uh, again, no Dawson Knox. Who, who gives a shit? <laughs> I love Dawson Knox. <laughs> Dawson Knox is a good tight end. So I'm not, you know, downplaying how good of a player he is, but at least on Sunday, it's like, who gives a shit? Oh, by the way, no Isaiah McKenzie either who gives a shit because Khalil Shakir is going to go out there. His first real action, he has three mm-hmm. catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. And that was with the bad drop, too. On top of that, it's like this offense is just, man, they just got weapons and they just fire. Now, of course, Josh Allen makes a lot of that go, too. But mm-hmm. yeah, goddamn, if this offense ain't really, it's fun to watch, Joe, even if you're yeah. not a fan, even if you're just a Bills watcher, they're, mm-hmm. they're fun to watch. You got to give them that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was only able to watch in in passing on Sunday because we had, uh, uh, no, there wasn't any Sabers practice Sunday, but there was. Uh, but we had to record the podcasts, so it was you know couldn't go to my buddy's house and you know watch the game and then haul ass back here. Sure. Um, I just I, I, I'm I'm always and again this comes from me just you know my my team stinking it up and anytime they do anything good it's like no just wait just wait. Joe's talking about the Lions, by the yeah, way. It's, yeah, it's the freaking Detroit Lions. Um, but it's it, it's uh it, it's it's a thing where it's just like you see an opponent like Pittsburgh, and you're just like, all right, that's really awesome. They are able to to load up and and pile up points and yards and do all that. But it's like it's also Pittsburgh, you know. I I mean, 
it, it's funny. It's really what's really funny is when we when we got talking about the first you know the first half of the schedule. I remember we said like oh, this could be really tough. All these teams ended up being bad. I mean Miami was you know Miami well Miami two is one thing, but but it's like all these other teams just ended up like not being all that great. Like Baltimore, yeah. I mean, Baltimore's good. Like that's a great that's a great win. They're good but uh, not great. Uh, they're they're good but not great. They're they're flawed. Yeah. They're a flawed team. They did beat sure. They did beat Cincinnati last night or on Sunday night. So they're mm-hmm. three and two. But yeah, Tennessee's nothing special about them at all. Thanks. Pittsburgh's only got one win this Bums. year. Yeah, like it's you. You mentioned these teams, just like stink. Joe's not a Steelers guy, man. I think that's no, because that, obvious in this podcast. Listen, I, I think they're a little bit better than you give them credit for. Not much, though. But. I'm listen. I'm a big Mike Tomlin guy. Like, I I think he's he's a tremendous coach. Uh, given like all the you know the like the nonsense and stuff that goes on in Pittsburgh and and like the changing out of guys and everything. I know he had like Roethlisberger forever, but like not like he was you know not free of his own issues, but. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's, it's so many things and there's like, they're a playoff team every year. If not, they're, if they're not a playoff team, they're, they're right on it and they're there every year, no matter what. So I, to me, that tells me Tomlin's awesome, but like this group, this group, ain't got it, man. Like the, the you know, they're, they're that, you know, the running game is not there. You know, they, you know, Kenny Pickett's just getting started now. The defense blows their defense is really bad, but I mean, listen, if a team's going to give you layups, the team's going to feed you cupcakes. You eat the cupcakes. You take the layups. You take the freebies. You know, you load up on it. But you can't, for me, I can't use it as a as a way to be like, yes, this is the greatest team in history. Like, okay, great. You beat you beat a high school squad. <laughs> you know, you, you threw it on a, on a team that just ain't got it. I'll tell you this. You know, we, we've spent a lot of time on this show talking about the Bills offense. It's almost like, it's easy to take how good this defense is right now for mm-hmm. granted. And <laughs> I think the stat is the bills have allowed one score in the second half this season, mm-hmm. one score the whole season. I know they shut the Rams out in the second half. I know they shut out Tennessee. I know they shut out Baltimore. They shut out Pittsburgh in the second half. I think they allowed Miami, Miami to kick a, a field goal. I, I think, think it so. was to, that's it. That's it. The whole whole second half of five games so 10 quarters of football they've allowed one score in the second half you got to give the coaching staff obviously a lot of credit because they're uh, clearly they're making adjustments i think vaughn miller when he first signed and i've said this before i've admitted this i was i was happy about it but i wasn't like oh my god this guy's really going to be such a big game changer i was wrong he is he makes people around him better he had a sack by the way sunday which oh by the way that's four sacks in five games I thought he might have five, six sacks for the year, and we would care most about him because he would turn up when the when the big games come, when the playoffs come. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got four sacks in five games already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys are on him or playing. And by the way, he drew a holding penalty on Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. The right tackle was shitting himself at a false start. So, you know, Von Miller has made a big impact, and they could overcome guys like Trey White not playing. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Boyer's missed two now out of the first five games this season. And my guy out for the year. For the year yeah. And Oliver and Phillips have missed multiple games. And it's like, well, oh, well, it don't matter. This defense is just uh, really good. I saw a stat. You want to hear a crazy stat of, when it comes to the Bills? Mm-hmm. As of right now, anyway. And by the way, Kansas City's playing on Monday Night Football, and we're taping this before. So I don't know if this might change or not. But as of right now, we're taping this Monday afternoon. On offense, the Bills are second in the NFL in points and first in yards in the whole NFL. And on defense, they're first in points and second allowed in yards. So they're quite literally right now the best offense and the best defense in the NFL. Both they, of them. 
Are they still trailing Detroit in points scored? <laughs> I, <laughs> um, no, I, they not, got shut out, so probably not. But probably not. Detroit yeah. was uh, blanked by the New England Patriots. So thanks yeah. a lot for the help, by the way, Joe. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're fucking welcome. Okay, your Lions. It's okay. Um, they only got, they only lost twenty nine to nothing to a third string quarterback. It's great. <laughs> it's you you mentioned a guy earlier that I wanted to hit on before we move on to uh, talk a, a few minutes of Sabers anyway. So we nitpicked about Josh Allen and his throws. And again, you know, some of the other, the running game, we're being nitpickier, the, you know, the short yardage stuff. We agree on that. Here's something that I don't know. If there's one concern I have about this team right now, the only concern I have about this team right now, besides injuries and besides their, you know, their, their ability to beat themselves at times, which they clearly did in Miami. Right. Though, if there's one area where I am concerned about it is Kyrie Lum right now. Um, I looked up the stats, for, and this is from Pro Football Focus. He was targeted 13 times on Sunday. He gave up 10 catches for 126 yards. Now, he did have an interception, but it was an underthrow. I mean, mm-hmm. credit to him for getting the pick and making a nice play. It. <laughs> but, it, but it wasn't great coverage. He was actually quite frankly beat. They threw at him a lot, and they had success. And Benford might not be back, and I'll, I'll be stunned if Trey White's back this week. I don't think that's going to happen. I mm-hmm. Best chance is probably after the bye. And they're playing the Chiefs on, on Sunday. I'm concerned about that. That is not nitpicky. That's no. being concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benford's not – again, you got Dane Jackson and you, and you got Kyrie Elam. I'm growing more confidence in Dane Jackson every week. Mm-hmm. Um, Elam, I still think, has a, a way to go. And to his credit, he knew, knows he didn't play well, and he said so. Um, after the game, but would you agree? Like, if there's one on-field thing besides, again, turnovers or the great equalizer for any team, right? You look at an area on this team, you're like, Kyrie Lam is a little bit of a concern right now. That that's it for me. I, I I'm curious. To, I don't know, and I don't know if you have it in front of you. Uh, I want to know what those his stats are for the year. Like, how many times other teams have thrown? thrown I him. I have them. He oh. Was, Coming into the, coming into Sunday, so that you could also say if you're going to retort by saying it's Sunday was an anomaly, you kind of would be right because coming into the game, uh, four games and two starts. So he's he's played mm-hmm. in all four games, but he's only had two starts. He was only targeted ten times in the first four games. Mm-hmm. And he was targeted thirteen times on Sunday. Teams watch film, and you're right. playing Andy Reid on Sunday. Sure, he noticed that now. Yeah, you know what I mean, so I wouldn't yeah, be surprised that's... to see Mahomes throw a lot of passes his way, but. To answer your question, they haven't targeted him much at all this okay. season. Before no, that's that's what I was curious about to know if if this was something that was like a quiet trend that just blew up, you know, in one game, and it's like, oh, this is actually a problem, or uh, you know, maybe it's, maybe this guy had a bad day, maybe you know, who sure. knows? You know, it could it could be any of that stuff, but um, but you're right. It's any reads smart, and Patrick Mahomes is, is also very smart and very good. Uh, and if there's if there's a weakness to 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 go after, they'll find it. Now, I, I I do wonder if that means you know you know working on a cornerback rotation a little more, or having you know having a safe having you know having the safety shade to his side to give him a little help. Like, but like if you try to do stuff like that, it opens up something elsewhere on the field. So. It's that's good. It's it's interesting. It's it's really interesting, and yeah, it's 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 a disappointment that Trey White isn't ready to go. Probably won't be ready to go. Uh, I that'd be really tough on him to like get back to practice this week and then play against the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs, I've like three three days of two practices and right. walk through, and now you're on yeah. the field Sunday. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not gonna that's not gonna that's happen. Not but uh, but that's it, it. It is something to keep an eye on. And like honestly, if if that's the one, I mean, granted, that's a big issue because it's a passing league. Um, 
But if that is a thing, I, I wonder how they handle it or, you know, how you how you figure out a way with that because you're counting on him. Like you're you're banking on him to take care of business while these other guys are all banged up and hurt. If he ain't doing it, then it, they've they're really good about that next man up mentality. And if the you know if the guy behind him can do it, then that guy's gotta play. Yeah. Well, assuming that that yeah. guy is gonna be able to play, like I said, Benford, right. who knows if he's gonna be back. They signed Xavier Rose in the practice squad, and then he gets hurt like two days in the practice. So I mean. Put it this way, for better or for worse, Kyrie Elam is, is going to have to play better on Sunday. We Maybe talked that position's about, just cursed. Maybe <laughs> Trey going down was just the yeah. sign. It was like, uh-oh, whoever <laughs> goes there is doomed. We talked about the first seven games being a tough part of their schedule. Well, you could debate, again, the first four or first five, the validity of some of those teams, but you cannot debate the validity of the Kansas City Chiefs, no. or even though they lost on Sunday, the Green Bay Packers. I got news for you. The Green Bay Packers are going to be in the mix. All right, and I, they're not the mix power. They're not. What? They're not going to be the number one Top team in the NFC. Pick? Like Top ten pick. Stop it. That's your Detroit Lions fan, and you talking. But anyway, they're in two weeks. We'll we'll talk about the Packers. We'll have a couple weeks to talk about that this Sunday. Oh, I'll sharpen my knives for that one. <laughs> this Sunday is without question the NFL game of the year. And I'm not just talking about if you're a Bills or a Chiefs fan. If you're an NFL fan everybody's going to be wanting to watch this game. The playoff game last year, how it ended. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, you know, 425 on CBS. You got Nance, you got Romo calling the game. America's going to be watching this game. It's the game of the oh, year. It's not a prime time game? It's no, actually, yeah, it's, it's actually a four, it's a four, game. It's a four oh, o'clock game. Yeah, four, 405 or I think 420. <laughs> I'm so like happy that. to hear that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's, it's going to be a big game. And I'll tell you, I think this is a very important game. Non-mentally, last year being the Chiefs during the regular season was important for a different reason. Mm -hmm. It was important yep. to me because it got you over the mental hump that, hey, mm -hmm. we can beat this team. And I do think that helped them in the playoffs because they should have won that game, and mm -hmm. let's not rehash that. Right. But You're going to relive it a lot. On, oh, know, God, on. yes, man. <laughs> whether you like it or whether you don't like it, whether it's yeah. Chiefs fans talking shit, whether it's ESPN, whether it's mm -hmm. CBS, CBS on game day or, you know, yeah. during the telecast, you're going to, it's going to get shoved on your face. Gird, but, gird your loins, Bills fans. It's going to, you're going to hear nothing but 13 seconds <laughs> all week. Last year, I thought it was important for that reason. Mentally, hey, we could beat the Kansas City Chiefs. This year, I think it's very important because I would be willing to bet pennies to, to, to dollars that whoever wins this game on Sunday is going to be the number one seed in the AFC. And I think it's very important for the Bills to have home field in the playoffs. They're both, as of right now, they have one loss. Again, Kansas City's playing at home tonight. Maybe they lose. I, I don't know that. We're taping this before the Monday night game. But let's assume that whoever wins this game is essentially going to have a two-game lead because you played head-to-head, -head too. So mm -hmm. I think whoever wins this game, I'd bet on it, is going to end up getting the home field. The AFC West, the Chargers are there, but they got a lot of injuries. The Raiders, and, and the, especially the Broncos, have been – a disaster. They're the worst. What are they? Two and three or whatever they are. They're the yeah. worst, Ugly. most overrated team in the NFL, in, in my opinion, especially their offense. But anyway, my point was this. The AFC West was not what we thought it was going to be mm -mm. from top to bottom, this nope. mega powerhouse. So I don't really, you know, we were like, well, these teams are going to take care and beat up each other. Mm -hmm. I don't really think that's going to be the case. This is a huge game is what I'm getting at Sunday. I'm being long winded here. I think the winner gets home field. And I think that's pivotal for the Bills. I don't want to call this a must-win game, but it's pivotal for the Bills to win this game because it's going to put them in the driver's seat for having home field if they win. And mm -hmm. I want to play the Chiefs. All these games are in Kansas City. 
They need to play Buffalo or they need to play the Chiefs in Buffalo when it matters most. Yeah, not not a Monday night game when it's pouring rain or something sure. you know, like it was right. a few years ago. Right. Um, yeah, I, this is the time to take advantage of them, like Kansas City, because what, what did Kansas City do the last couple of years? Like you sleepwalk their way through like the first eight games of the year, you know, have their back against the wall, quote unquote. And then they're like, all right, we're we have the best offense in the NFL. Let's just use it instead. And then they go on a tear and then they're in the playoffs and they're red hot. Like that's what they do. No, beat them now so that if you get tripped up somewhere along the way and you have you have to assume that Kansas City is gonna is gonna do the same kind of thing. You know, it's I know it's different receivers, like Tyreek Hill's not there anymore, whatever. Doesn't seem to affect them. Like it hasn't bothered them like yet this season, but um but you just have to assume that they're going to go on some kind of wicked run and they're going to shoot right to the top of the the, the AFC standings. They're going to be right there with you. Mm-hmm. So if you can beat them now, take advantage of them, you know, still figuring their stuff out, beat them down and just be like, all right, whatever. We, we've taken care of that part of our business because that's now because I mean, no NFL coaches are ever going to look past any game or, you know, how the division race or any of that stuff. But like the, I'm declaring it right now. What friggin' day is it? October 10th. The Buffalo Bills have won the AFC East. I'm saying I'm saying it right now. Like they've they 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 probably won it <laughs> like the first day of the year they had it won, but I you, they don't have to worry about it. this. Is the big game for them. Like this game yeah. is the one that matters the most for this season because I agree. Because it, it's the one that draws the line. Like if this is the difference between home field and not, you gotta win it. You have to treat it that way. That's exactly yeah. how you have to treat this game doesn't matter if if kansas city screws up and like you know ends up finishing the year like what 10 and 7 and they still win the west okay cool they won but they got to play on the road you know they got to cut they got to come to you i agree the biggest thing i agree and if your goal like i said and i know it's the goal for both teams if your goal is to finish first which not only is home field throughout the playoffs but the way the nfl is structured on the playoffs only the first seed gets a bye not the top two Mm -hmm. so it's even more important to get that number one seed yeah if your goal this game is it's hugely important. I'll say one last thing about that too. I think if Buffalo were to lose, I still think they would have a better chance of getting the number one seed. Mm-hmm. As if Kansas City loses to Buffalo with their division, I think Buffalo would be very much in the driver's seat. Yeah. That's the important part. The not so important part is just as a fan or whatever. You, if the Bills win, all the the hype, all the Super Bowl favorites being the number one in the power rankings every week, going to be completely justified. If the Bills lose, and again, it doesn't really matter other than the standings, but just so we're clear, if the Bills do lose on Sunday to Kansas City, they won't be number one again until they beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. So you can forget about the rest of the year, the Bills being the, the, bet, the betting favorite, I think anyway. I could be wrong, but this is my opinion. In Vegas, I think it's going to be, well, they got to be able to beat Kansas City, and they haven't. So you know what I'm saying? You're going to be playing yep. catch-up to the Chiefs for the rest of the season in the minds of the media and the TV shows and uh, wow. they, stuff they, like that. Players don't want – they don't have anything to prove then. If the players – I mean, I mean, I don't know. Players are smart. They don't list, They don't read or listen to any of that stuff. But I know NFL guys are much more present on social media, so they are reading a lot of stuff. They are seeing a lot of stuff. Sure. So, um, But, I mean, like any slight is used as motivation nowadays so like that kind of, if that kind of thing fires you up okay cool run with it but like the motivation should be like these scumbags have beaten us and sure. got ahead of us in the playoffs and taken you know they took us out last year we had them beat screw them like that we this is what we got to do like don't worry right. about 
gives a shit if you're not number one in the power rank is fuck that stuff like it's i agree i agree that's all for arguing like that's it's tuesday morning twitter talk that's that's what power rankings are are good for look when it comes to the offensive side of the ball i obviously want the bills to be as close to fully healthy as possible but if they got to go another week without Knox, i i'm i bet my life mckenzie's gonna play this week he'll 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 be cleared um anyway the offense i i could get by even without both of them but on the defensive side i think it's very imperative that Jordan Poyer, who just makes big plays, that he's in the lineup. And, of course, Jermaine Edmonds, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't matter against Pittsburgh, obviously. I think that will matter against the Chiefs. So the injury report this week, unlike last week, is going to be something to monitor uh, mm-hmm. hugely. Before yeah, we get out of here, go ahead. Say this past week could have been just like a rest week for a lot of those yeah. guys, honestly. Oh, anybody who was – if you were even questioned, well, I was kind of like – you might as well give Ed, Ed Oliver Dick play on Sunny and Phillips. But I was like, let's give these guys one more week. I, I think the Bills are going to be all right. And they would have. Fortunately, it looks like the Bills avoided any uh, major injuries from Sunday. But you know what? Again, we're taping this before I have the luxury of, of seeing Sean McDermott's press conference. So I did not know that Tremaine Edmonds and Knox got employer got hurt again last Sunday mm-hmm. until on Monday. So I don't want to, you know, take that for granted. Let's, uh, before we get out of here, switch gears real quick with the Sabres. Um, Kyle Okposa was named captain. Now I know you and Lance on maintenance day had a discussion about this on your podcast. So everyone make sure you check that out. I'll put a link to maintenance day on the show notes. Let me get your take on here as well. Like your, your thoughts on him being captain and also, um, Rasmus Dahlin and, and Zegmas Gergensen's were named alternative cabins they got the a's and kyle got the c i think some people to an extent myself mildly surprised that alex tuck was not uh named an assistant so let me get your thoughts on akposo and your thoughts on the assistants and your thoughts on alex tuck not getting an a for right now anyway yeah uh as far as kyle goes there was nobody else they were gonna pick like it was controversial last year like last summer Last summer, last off season, where I was like, where they were like, okay, who's going to be the captain? You know, and I was like, put on Kyle. And Kyle's the guy, and people were like, oh, he stinks. Get him out of here. He's awful. Like, ah. like people just hated it because the you know the contract, the whole thing. Funny what a you know a year where the vibes improve and he scores twenty goals can do to to change everybody's opinions. Like, oh wow, yeah, no, of course Kyle's the captain. <laughs> you know, but like he was the guy. He was the guy all along. I think you know. And Don Granado told us on Monday. He goes, "We could have done this last year. You know, we could have said this last year, made that the case. But that's you know, we we did things this way because this was more this was more correct for the group that we have. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. If you get plus." You know, Pozo and, and Gergensen have been there the longest. Zemgis, especially, he's he's the longest tenured saber. He survived. He survived the. He survived the tank war. Like he survived all that stuff. That guy's. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they should put a statue of him outside just for sainthood. Honestly, for putting up with all this stuff. But, um, but but in Kyle's case, like he's he's just the guy. You know, Granado told us he's he's you know a lot of guys don't want to be captain because it you know because of everything that goes that goes in with it. You know, never mind the media stuff, but like, he, you know, Granado said you know being a captain means having to get into a guy's face and telling him what's what, and having to, you know having to deal with those repercussions of that guy getting mad about it. Like Kyle's a guy that can do that, and you know where it's coming from. You know, you know, you know, and you understand that him saying that means like, oh man, maybe. Maybe, you know, maybe I did, maybe I'm not doing something right. Maybe I need to get that figured out. So having it come from him means a lot more because he has that, you know, he's been in the league for, geez, I, I don't want to, I don't want to think for, I don't want to think for it to age myself, but he's been around for a while. He's 34. So, 
so, I mean, to me, there was nobody else to pick. Uh, right. He's the guy. Um, Gergensen's and Darlene getting the A's. Like, Darlene was getting the A. He started getting the A, like, what, second half of last year? Like, January, February, around there. He's such a different guy now. Like before you'd see interviews with him and he'd look a little bit deer in the headlights, a little bit like kind of, you know, skittish, whatever. Uh, he's not that guy now. He is a very, he's an intense competitor. He is a, he is a savage competitor. He's a, he's just. Yeah, I, I remember, I, our, I, I remember our conversations. Joe, I remember our conversations about Darlene. I'll let you get back to your point mm-hmm. on the show over the last year or two years. Cause you've been on, coming on the podcast for a long time now where, mm-hmm. I remember you were the first one, and I've heard many people after you say this, but you were the first person I ever heard say, and you weren't saying it really tongue-in-cheek. You were being kind of serious. Maybe he needs his mental. It's mental, and maybe he needs to see a sports psychiatrist or something Mm -hmm. because his starts were horrible, and then his play would come on um, later in the season. Are you starting Mm -hmm. to feel confident? Again, tying into your point that you were getting to, that it like from day one, on night one on Thursday, we're going to see a different Rasmus Dallin going forward. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. We started seeing that last year, which I know I know it, it can be a tough sell because people have seen that already, you know, a few seasons before where it's you know it's bad for two, three months, and then and suddenly you're like, oh right, here's the guy. He's gonna be that guy all year long. And he plays with such confidence and he's got a swagger to his game now. And it's a swagger because he told us day one uh of camp this year, he told us um he stopped giving a crap what other people say about him, what other people think of him. Like he just stopped letting that influence how he did things and how he, you know, conducted himself on the ice or off the ice or whatever. He's just like, he's like, no, I'm just going to take care of me. And that's the best thing I can do. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, he gets it. Okay. Like good. Like that's exactly what you should do instead of, you know, having, you know, 900 people getting in your ear telling you how you should play the position that you know best how to play. He's just like, no, forget it. I'm just gonna do. I'm gonna do what I need to do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it the way that I need to, the way that you know, the way that the, the coaching staff needs to. So he's he's taken all that on. He's been a boss in camp. Like I mean, I mean, almost literally, like kind of you know, half bullying some guys around to get them on point to be like, hey man, you step up your game here. Like it's practice. It's the it's your teammate, and he's still like kind of kind of being an asshole to some of these guys. In a good way, like I'm not right, saying right, like, right. Yeah. being a prick, but like, you know, if a guy's not competing hard enough out and you know doing the drills or like you know the battle drills and stuff like that, he's just gonna, he's gonna feed them some cross checks, get in their ear. Good, <laughs> like that's the that's the kind of stuff you need. You don't need like the petty like you know snide back talk kind of stuff that we've seen in the past. But, um, but like that's great. Now, the Alex Tuck thing, I, I get it. I get you know he's been so he's been so cool and so good about coming here and like he you know, grew up a Sabres fan and the whole like the whole nine yards, everything about him's awesome. Super guy, just an outstanding guy. He's also only played fifty games for the Buffalo Sabres, you know. And right. when you've got Darlene, who's been here for four or five years, and he's changed, he's become like this kind of on ice general type. Uh, you've got Gergensen, who's been here since the get-go, you know, from you know, 2013, 2012, 13, 13, 14, whatever it is. He's been here from the start. He's been through all of it. He knows what it's like for things to be really bad here. And he, you know, and he's just a steady guy. Like he's he's not an up-down temperament guy. He's just even keeled the whole way. And he's been there. He's done all of it. And Opozo, you know, was, you know, veteran for all these years with the Islanders, and then he comes here chose to come here, lives here now. Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't take off out of town in the summers. He lives in Buffalo now, you know, him and his family, his four kids, the whole thing. Um, 
he like for everything that the, the team preaches, you know, we want guys that want to be here, all that stuff where you get kind of tired of hearing about it. No, Kyle, Kevin Adams said it this morning. He goes, Kyle's that guy. Kyle is the exact guy that when I sit, when it, when he says that stuff, that's who I mean. So I get it. Everybody loves Alex Tuck. It's fine, but he can be a leader without the letter. Like, and he's still going to be a great guy to, you know, a great guy in the room. He's not going to be offended by any of this. Like he's just, he's that dude. He's just, cool like he's just cool he gets it he understands and he rolls with it and he's he, he has fun with these guys everybody plays great when they play with him so uh, there you don't have to feel bad about i mean unless you ordered a, a tuck jersey and got a c put on it then right you know uh, whoops i guess but uh, but otherwise it, it's it's fine like it's fine and like alex would be the first guy to tell you like yeah no man i get it it's cool and plus say gergens is hurt for a game or something like that you got to throw an a on somebody else Maybe he's the next guy in line. Like that's yeah. that's how it might work. Um, Akposo, before we get to the lines, because that's I want to wrap up um practice lines on, on Monday because that's pretty much probably what we're going to see on Thursday. What's up with Akposo health-wise? Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on with him? Like I said, obviously he was just named captain. Yeah. Um, but he's been banged up. What's going on with him? Yeah, it's uh it's a little upper body thing. Uh he was back in practice with the team on Monday. Um you know, full practice, although he was wearing the gold jersey, which for skaters, not goalies, but for skaters means it's a non-contact jersey. I was, I've been saying, look at it as a red jersey, basically for, you know, for our football, football. fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, he got it, he got some contact in there today, uh, or on Monday, excuse me, I got to get my days right here. He was getting in some contact and he even said, he's like, eh, I probably shouldn't have been doing that, but you know, Hey, it's, it's how it is. And Listen, you're, you're gonna tell that guy not how to how to do things or how to do whatever, but uh, but he he's aiming to be ready for Thursday. If he's not ready for Thursday, I bet he I bet he would be ready for the next game against Florida, which is uh, I don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday or what, but it, it's some point after that. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, but he'll be uh, he'll be ready very soon, and uh, you know whether it's not, so it's nothing long term. No, to, no, and it's nothing to do with his head either. It's just you know some other. Back, shoulders, elbow—who knows? Like, upper body is a very vague <laughs> description for everything. I love hockey injuries. Okay. Literally every ho- like every injury in the world, upper body or lower up. body. Yeah, your yeah. waist up is upper body. Everything else is lower yeah, body. There's literally only two injuries in hot in the sport of hockey: <laughs> it's upper body and his lower body. Let I want to before we get out of here. I, I do want to get your comments or, or your not your comments, but your thoughts right now on how these lines are, are looking. I would assume at this point, mm-hmm. with the season just a couple days away. That this is what we're going to see on Thursday. Short, if Akposo is available to play Thursday or not. Um, I got to tweet up again. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. But anyway, Lance Lazowski, Joe's maintenance day partner, um, has the Sabres lines from practice. Mm-hmm. So we have Tage Thompson, who's centering, of course, Jeff Skinner and Olafson. Uh, you got Middlestat centering Quinn and Tuck. You got uh, Dylan Cousins, who's centering Peyton Krebs and JJ Baturka. Uh, you got Asplin, who was at center, I guess, on Monday, which I, mm-hmm. I thought it was the other way around, but I guess not. He's centering Gergesons and Vinny Henestroza, who probably, or not probably, is in at the time for Ocposo, who um, Lance had is rotating in as well as Bjork. Defensively, you got Samuelson and Darlene, no surprise there. Power, Yoki Haro, no surprise. Uh, Bryson and Labushkin, and then Pilot Fitzgerald are the extras. So let me, let me get your thoughts on those lines. And also, uh, we Quinn and Paterka are both going to be uh, starting the season in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I had, I've had you say that you didn't know how it was going to play out with Paterka. Chad mm-hmm. Dedeminisis was on last week, and he thought that maybe Paterka might start in Rochester and then Hennis Drozen would earn a spot among the top 12 forwards right now. But it appears that we're going to start uh, the season with Paterka up here in Buffalo. Uh, what are your thoughts when you look at these line combinations right now? I, I like it because it's been this way almost all the way through camp. So it's it's less confusing that way. Um, the 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 Olafs, Olafson joining Thompson and Skinner is is fun because they, I think Granado wanted to make sure he wasn't just kind of like, you know, just like, okay, that's our line. Let's just get him out there. He's wanted to look at other stuff and see how see how guys play through that and like and see if there's other things that work. Now, the way he worked, the way Granado seems to like it is he has two, there's two guys that have chemistry. Then you can figure out who the third is and just kind of swap guys around. Uh, in this case, Skinner and Thompson are the guys like those are, those are the two guys where you're like, oh, okay, this works. I th- want to say on the next line, uh, the middle stat and tuck would be that I, th- I think maybe it's Quinn, but that could be fluid too. Um, and Krebs cousins, Paterka, like that's, uh, I've been not a huge fan from the start because there's a lot of defensive worry with the, with Krebs and Paterka mostly. And I felt like Cousins is kind of carrying those guys around uh, game in, game out. So, uh, But they were better against Pittsburgh, and it's a preseason game. Nobody gives a shit. But um, I, thought it, I thought they were better there. They were at least firing the puck away, so that's good. I want to see what they look like in in a regular season setup to see if uh, that improvement continues. Because it right now it seems like what they did with at least Paterka and Quinn last year. And I don't think this is the case. This is the case with Quinn. I think they want Paterka to kind of figure it out at the NHL level. Like he, he was able to do it last year at the AHL level. You know, kind of struggled a little bit, found his way. Then the goals started coming. The offense started pouring in. And then Michael Pekka was like, Hey dude, you got to play defense too. And he's like, Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Defense. Yeah. I got to, I got to do that too. And then he got better. He was even better at the, the end of the year for Rochester. He was great in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I think that's going to be, there's going to be a learning curve for him, like just adjusting to NHL speed, NHL opponents, all that stuff. He, he could be very good, but people got to be patient. I think patience is the big thing there. Uh, and Krebs and cousins, like they might swap out left wing center, uh, a bunch with each other. Uh, Cousins played left wing in uh, world championships and was lighting it up. He scored tons of goals for Canada. So that was, that's encouraging because that's the kind of boost he really needed. You know, he was so snake bit last year and on, on scoring that um, getting that good feeling back certainly is going to help him out. Uh, Gergensen's Asplund Hinnestroza. I know you, you noticed Asplund playing center. He can play center. That's always been his position, right? Uh, he hasn't played it the last couple of years. Um, and Gergensen's honestly, you know, Gergensen's can play center too. And he's had to, you know, and he's done it. Uh, but that's another spot where like those guys can just swap in and out. Henestroza, yeah, playing for a Pozo. Uh, but Henestroza, like he's he was gonna make the team regardless. Like he's he's he was a guy that I questioned all last year. I was like, I don't get it, I don't understand it. The first practice I went to this year, I was like, Oh, I get it now. I understand I understand why he has the role that he does and why when he's when he plays, he's very good. Uh, I understand. Anders Bjork. It was a fight all camp for him, and I really was wondering if he was going to stick. Um, and so that's you know he's got a lot to prove. He's got to kind of win his way back in the lineup. I'm going to be curious to see what happens with him when he gets back in. Uh, but Lawrence Pilot with Fitzgerald, I'm skipping over the other guys because those are those are set in stone. As sure, far as sure, sure, sure. Pilot's going to 
if he hasn't been sent back by now, he's going to go back to uh, Rochester. He's eligible. He doesn't have to go through waivers, so he's clear right. to go there. Um, so he's going to go back. Uh, UPL is going to go back to, I assume. Sure. Uh, unless unless something go really out of pocket with things. Um, but those guys are going to go to Rochester, and that, that's that's essentially your, your lineup. Uh, Riley Shahan's on IR because he's banged up uh, with something. The assumption is he's going to go back to Rochester or maybe Bjork will. I don't know. Like, you know, we'll, we'll see. It depends. Shahan played pretty well in the camp, but, uh, but Quinn, oh, man, every, I've felt like a jackass because I haven't written about Quinn all camp and everybody else has. And they're, and everybody's correct. There's a, there's very good reasons to do it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to copy everybody here. Yeah. I don't want to just like write the same exact thing from my perspective, but, I think he's going to have a really strong year. I think he's going to have a very good year. I'm not going to say like rookie of the year type level stuff, but I think he's he's poised to have a big season. Uh, he's get he's going to be on one of the power play units. He was he's been practicing on the second unit. I think all all camp. You know, once they you know got some guys out of there, anyways. But uh, but he's been on the second unit. He's playing on the second line. He's got to get a lot of opportunities. And having Tuck be on the other side with with Casey, Casey's a dynamite playmaker he can be and tuck can just drive the net and just free up space on the ice for for those other two guys and i think quinn's going to take a big advantage of that because he's he's an opportunistic scorer he reminds me a little bit of skinner in that way and i think that's where i i want to believe that's where granado's kind of coming from putting tuck with Middlestat there because it's like well it worked for skinner and thompson to have tuck kind of you know driving driving the bus for that line let's see if he can get these guys going and, and then we then they can have two really good scoring lines let me before I let you go. This is uh this is gonna be the last time I have you on the podcast before because the season literally starts like four roughly forty eight hours from now. Mm-hmm. So I'd be remiss if I didn't put you on the spot a little bit and get a prediction, man. You're gonna how many points you project to me, man? The Sabers, how many points we looking at this year? Where do you see them finishing in the Eastern Conference? And I know I'm putting you out here because we, yeah. we didn't yeah. talk about this beforehand. Yeah, no, it's this is tough because. Oh, I know. I don't know what I don't know what the number fans have in mind because the expectations are a lot higher. Um, and, and I I know people got really high on their supply, thinking you know if Anderson was healthy all year, they could have made the playoffs last season. That was not the case. That was not going to happen. But it's good that people are excited watching the team. Sure, sure, sure. Team, all that stuff. It's great. I just don't think that they're they're not in a position to challenge for the playoffs yet. Not yet. I mean. Listen, teams come out of the woodwork constantly. Teams will fall out of, you know, teams that you thought were going to be great fall apart. They tumble down the standings and somebody rises into that spot. It can be Buffalo. It could be Detroit. It could be Ottawa. It could, you know, it, it could be Columbus. Like, it, it, there's a lot of teams that are going to be vying for, like, that that kind of push. New Jersey. That New Jersey is a sneaky one, too. Um, Buffalo can be in that spot, but it's going to take a lot. Like, the goal, uh, we talk goal t- goaltending all goddamn summer about this team and like that's good that's it's honestly going to be the is going to be the biggest thing and it's the biggest thing for everybody i know like whatever but um that's i mean that's an area that's definitely of something that i'm going to be very curious to see how it works all year long um for me to me the goal the, the point goal that i had in mind is 90 points for them now that doesn't get you in the postseason most likely yeah, hundred points gets you to the playoffs. That's, that's how it goes. You know, there's all the, the freebie points from overtimes and all that stuff that goes right. on. Um, 
but like, you know, they had what 75, 76 points last year and the 76 and they were 25 points out of the playoffs. That's, you know, I mean, that's 12 and a half wins, you know, like that's, that's tough to make up. That's a lot to make up. Um, but I think 90 points is a, is a very achievable thing for this group. Um, to me that it, that's been my goal number in mind for them all year. Uh, it doesn't get you to the playoffs, but it gets you up the standings board a little bit more. Um, Montreal is going to be horrible. They're going to be horrible. Like they, they showed their defensive units, uh, on Monday. And I think we saw three of those guys at the prospects challenge for Montreal. Also, that's going to be a tough year for them. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be fun to watch, but it's not going to be very good. Um, Detroit and Ottawa are going to be tough. Like their division's impossible. Like it's sure. such a hard damn division. You know, Boston, like Boston should come back to the pack. Will they? I've been waiting for that to happen for four, you know three, four years now. They they never do. Uh, you know, Toronto, like, I mean, I don't there's a lot about Toronto I don't like, but they're gonna they're gonna score a ton of goals. They're gonna be really good. Tampa and Florida, I mean, Florida was the best team in the NHL last year. They didn't really change all that. Well, they did change. I take that back. They did make a big change. They added Matthew Kachuk. So they're gonna be nastier to play against. And that's an element they didn't really have last year. So, like that's changes their perspective. Tampa's been to the Stanley Cup final three goddamn years in a row. Like that's your division, man. Like that's yeah. that's crazy. Then the other division you got you got Pittsburgh, you got the Rangers. The Islanders are gonna be a lot better this year, I think. Uh, I mean, they didn't they don't have a 14-game road trip to start the season, so they'll be better. Uh Washington might be might be in trouble, but Darcy Kemper's a damn good goalie as long as he stays healthy. I mean, he won a Stanley Cup, so he's good, but um Carolina's nasty. Carolina's going to be so good. I, they're my pick for the Stanley Cup Stanley Cup winner this year is Carolina. Okay, so that yeah, I'm, I'm skipping right ahead to that one. Yeah, I was going to say, holy shit, holy hot take. Way to end. Uh, yeah, no segment. I, they've been they've been building this steadily yeah. for like the last couple of years, and then they added Brent Burns, and it's like they didn't have a defenseman that played the way he does before. And it's just another element of attack, and he's not like a an offense only guy. He hits hard. He hit, he plays a tough defense. So I, don't I like know, it, man. I, it's, uh, it's, it's 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 controversial only in Buffalo because everybody hates the Hurricanes here for very good reason. <laughs> but they're awfully freaking good, man. The Rangers might be good too, but defenses. I like it, man. I, I like to going on on a limb, at least a little bit anyway. And again, this is going to be a really cool season. I'm talking about the Sabres, of course, because Joe's back in the arena. So when you're talking, you can even hear it a little bit on this podcast. So whether it's Made His Day podcast that you do with Lance, or of course, especially Noted Hockey, that you're mm-hmm. going to be dropping a ton of content on, or even on this podcast when we talk once a week. Oh, yeah. You're talking about quotes from Granado. You're seeing things with your own eyes at practice, mm-hmm. and you're in the locker room and you're hearing things. So yeah. It's going to be like another level this year. So I'm really uh, looking forward to that. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Yurda. By the way, I know some people are going to ask, starting five's not going away. Just took a break this week because I wanted to put some time away to be able to talk about the benefit. I knew it was going to take up mm-hmm. time at the top. Lots of bills and, and save yourself. But that'll be back next week. Anyway, as always, buddy, it's good having you on the pod, man. It's always good, and I promise I won't be wearing sunglasses next week, so I won't go full rock. Oh, I like it, man. Make, make that your new thing. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.